Oh, thank you, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, we flipped our service upside down. Don't be confused. If you're a regular, you're going, did we just end the service? I've only just started. Yes, that was the final song. We're working our way backwards this morning. Uh, because I want this morning to be a practicum service. We're going to do the word after I preach the word. Here we are on Thanksgiving, a Sunday that we give thanks uh, on this weekend. And this is our 18th uh, Thanksgiving at Harvest. Give it up for 18 years. God just blessing and doing some great things in our church. And uh, and so each Thanksgiving, I uh, do something around the idea of praise and worship, giving thanks, Thanksgiving. And uh, so this year is no different, except that it falls into our series that we've been doing on Fresh Wind. And we're, uh, I was like, getting this series ready. This was the one I'm anticipating the most. Uh, we have one more next week. We'll talk about a spirit-filled life transforming from within, the power of transformation, which only the Holy Spirit can do. Uh, and uh, if you're somebody that's been trying to change your life by doing and working hard and pull, getting your socks pulled up, uh, you want to come back next week and find out how it's the power of the Holy Spirit inside us that changes us, change that lasts. And, uh, but this morning, as we were getting ready for this series, Fresh Wind and, and just subtitled Spirit-Filled Life, Spirit-Filled uh, Prayer Life, um, and today we're doing Spirit-Filled Worship. I want to talk to you just for a moment, get set some, um, just some parameters. I usually do this, a little bit of foundation to build on, and so let me do that. I'll pray first. Father, thank you uh, for a church, Lord, in our city that loves you so very much and is unashamedly uh, open about our worship to you, our praise to you, our expression emotionally to you. And Lord, we just pray uh, that you will be here. You'll touch each and every one now, I ask in your name. Everyone said, amen. When we look at the Old Testament, we talk about the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They're super important for the storyline, even of redemption, leading up to the cross. And, and so often there's reference made to Father Abraham, the father of faith, his son Isaac, and the grandson Jacob. I want to talk about Jacob for a moment. Jacob was a bit of a swindler um, and uh, tried to talk. Well, actually, he was, very, he was successful in talking his uh, firstborn twin brother, uh, out of his birthright, and that was something that was really important uh, in that culture, and he, he kind of bargained it out of him, and, and after that taking place, the older brother, kind of older twin, uh, minutes apart, realized what had happened and was angry about that, and so Isaac, Jacob's father, tells him he better get out of town, tells him where he go, should go and live, begin his life, get married, have children, and said this would be a place where his relatives were, a good spot where that could take place. Let's pick up the story there. He's on a journey. He's heading out for his life to, to begin, and it's also his first opportunity. He's going to hear God in a very profound way. He stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head to lay down to sleep. Not a posturepedic kind of pillow. Uh, I've never laid on a stone. I'm not sure what that's all about, but that's what he did. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth. Long before Zeppelin saw it, Jacob saw it, just saying. All the over 50 people giggled. All right, with the top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending, there above it stood the Lord. 
When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't aware of it. Interesting. He was in the presence of God and unaware of it. And we're going to see this morning how we can become aware of the presence of God. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head, and he set it up as a pillar, and he poured oil on top of it. And he called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. This is one of my most favorite Old Testament stories. I have to resist uh, unpacking it completely or even partially uh, because we have other things we need to do. But I want to set the setting today of some key points that were in this dream and his first encounter in God's presence, though he wasn't aware it was there until God manifested himself. God's voice, God spoke to him the promises of heaven, the promises of a loving God. He spoke those to him as his voice came and this ladder that connected heaven and earth. And, and as we think about heaven and we think about earth, those two things are separated. Um, that unless we die, then there's heaven. But before that, there's earth. And so we understand this huge separation between heaven and earth, and yet Jacob sees a ladder that connects, that connects heaven and it connects earth. And this ladder, this connection point, there are angels that are moving back and forth on the ladder. And I want you just to understand it this way, that literally heaven's atmosphere, heaven, what heaven is like, is symbolic by the angels, the work of angels. We, we, we can kind of get that, uh, you know, the work of the angels that's happening in heaven and some kind of work here on earth. We're not sure what that's all about. But here we have this connection where heaven's atmosphere, heaven's ways, heaven's work has access to the earth. So we have earth and heaven now connected, and this ladder, this ladder, this connection point allows God's presence and God's voice to be experienced by Jacob, who happens to be on the earth. <laughs> All right, are you following some of these points with me this morning? All right, so this access point, really important uh, because, well, let's keep going here. John, uh, a little spoiler alert as we pull this into the New Testament. We understand the story a little bit. Uh, Jesus said this in John 1.51, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open. Say all. All. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man. So Jesus was speaking of himself, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. All right, so Jesus tells us in the New Testament that this experience that Jacob has that's kind of prophesying and speaking of a day that Jesus said, you'll all see heaven open the same way, the portal to heaven, this opening to heaven. Jacob woke up from his sleep and he says, this is what the house of God is supposed to be. This is what church is supposed to be like. And he's prophesying, as he says, the house of God, or in his understanding, the temple of God, where, you know, it was understood you went to encounter God. This is what it's like. He goes on to say, this is the gateway of heaven. That the house of God is the front door 
into heaven's presence, God's voice, God's miracles, God's promise. And today I want to tell you that that front door is the house of God, according to scriptures. It is Bethel. So Jacob wakes up. He now knows heaven and earth are not separated from God's presence. Then he does a thing. (laughs) And he takes the rock, the stone that he was laying his head on, and he pours oil on it, which in the Old Testament was symbolic of the Holy Spirit being on this object or the Holy Spirit's power uh, being a part of what was going on. And he was The thing he was doing was, I've just figured something out. I've just discovered something that for all time needs to be understood. And so he said, as a memorial, I'm going to pour the oil on the rock so that people in the future will know that the house of God, because of Jesus, there's a ladder to heaven, Jesus. There's heaven's atmosphere that can come to earth before we die. We can experience the presence, the power, and the voice of God. And he calls that place, he calls that experience the house of God. This is what the house of God is supposed to be like. All right, let's take that package now and carry it into the New Testament. Scripture interprets Scripture. Sometimes people say, how how do we interpret what the Scriptures say? The Scriptures interpret themselves. They talk about themselves, New Testament and Old Testament. There are many things in the Old Testament that are concealed until we bring them into the New Testament and they are revealed and we understand what they mean to us and why God put them there. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this, and you, say me, Say it again. Everybody in the room, remember, all, Jesus said, all will have access to the open heaven. And you are living stones. Huh. I don't know if you're a pillow. Some of you maybe need a pillow this morning. Uh, But uh, you are living stones, living stones. I went somewhere. I went, I was about, never mind. I have this thing in my head. My wife tells me it's called impulsiveness. And she talked to me last night about try to keep your mind on task. She's so wise and good. You are living stones. Remember the stone that he had his head on, the place of rest in God's house. You are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. So we are building materials, according to the scriptures, that we're not building temples but we're building the house of God, and the house of God is made of people. And that was the prophecy from Jacob, and we understand that it's when people gather, when people come together because of Jesus, he's taking my life and your life and our lives, and he's building a place, a habitation for the presence of God, all right? And so that's what 1 Peter's talking about. What's more, if this wasn't good enough, that the house of God is to be this place where God's presence and power and promises are voiced and experienced. It's not a closed heaven. It's an open heaven. We're not just here worshiping, wondering if God's afar off. No, he's with us to be experienced. How does that happen? There is a temple in the New Testament made of stones that are anointed with oil. This morning, I'm talking about spirit-filled worship. We are passionate about this because I don't believe that you can experience the greatness 
witness of God's presence unless you understand I'm an anointed stone. The Holy Spirit is on my life. I want, come Holy Spirit, I want to be a spirit-filled worshiper. Why? Because God is putting your life together to experience that. And what's more, say more, (laughs) you are his holy priests. Everyone has access to that presence, that voice to hear God. How? Through the mediation of Jesus Christ. So when we now, we understand, okay, like Jacob, this is the house of God. We're experiencing heaven's atmosphere. We're experiencing God's voice and presence because of Jesus. But while we're there, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. We're not offering bulls and goats and animal sacrifices like they did in Moses' tabernacle, but we're offering a different kind of sacrifice. Priests were the ones who had access to his voice and his presence. Hebrews chapter 13 tells us, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice. Oh, Well, that's what Peter said. As priests, we offer up, but not not like the Old Testament. So what's the New Testament sacrifice? The sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly, openly, unashamedly, joyfully, as we're going to see, crazily sometimes uh, outside eyes, the, the fruit of our lips giving thanks that openly profess his name for such sacrifices God is pleased. I don't know about you, but I want to please God this morning. I want my heavenly father to know that I understand that as spirit-filled worshipers this morning, we're building on a foundation that's from Genesis on that God said, my people will gather. And in the New Testament, as living stones join together to make a habitation for God's presence and voice and power and heaven's atmosphere because we offer up the sacrifice of praise. In the Old Testament, when sacrifices were offered, fire came down from heaven. All kinds of manifestations came down, but they were temporary. The New Testament, we are continually offering up and continually experiencing God's presence. Somebody say, come on. Acts chapter 15, and then I'm going to shift. We're going to shift to some of the practical things this morning. I just want to really give you a doctrinal understanding of why this is so important to us at Harvest. A lot of people say, I like the music. Well, what you really like is not the music, but you like what's behind it all, and that's an understanding of the house of God and a people that will offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The prophet's words in Acts chapter 15, James is talking to the council in Jerusalem. They've just experienced something they're trying to figure out. James has an aha moment, and he pulls a verse out of Amos and goes, this is that. This is what the prophets were talking about back there. Concealed in the book of Amos, revealed in the book of Acts. Here's how he reveals this for our understanding. He says, the prophet's words are fulfilled are fulfilled. Here's a fulfilled prophecy. If you're going, is there any fulfilled prophecy in the Bible? Here's one. And the prophet's words are fulfilled. After these things, I will return to you and raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen into ruin. The prophet is saying there will be a day that comes. It's fulfilled. It's our day. A day when it won't be Moses' tabernacle, 
a tabernacle of the law, a tabernacle of shame and guilt needing to be covered. Uh, that Jesus dealt with that when he went to the cross. And the, the only, so and then there's the tabernacle of David, David's temple, and then Solomon built a temple, and I don't have time to show it to you this morning, that speaks of the millennium, the thousand rule reign of Jesus on the earth, which is gonna be absolutely amazing. But here today, what God is building, what God is raising up, what God is restoring to his church in this day is an understanding that he is building the blueprint of the house of God is David's tabernacle, David's house, David's temple. Well, how did David build it? I will restore and rebuild what David experienced. Well, David, through praise and worship, experienced the power and the voice of God in a way that humanity had never experienced God before. David experienced so that, say so that, there is a so that to our worship service that's really important at Harvest. It's a really important so that. And a lot of sometimes experiences in churches that we forget the so that. I want to come to church and be ministered to. Awesome. I want to come to church and be blessed. Incredible. That's good. But there's more. So that, because you're still a priest, so that all humanity will be able to encounter the Lord, including the Gentiles, which is a Bible word for people who are unchurched, people who don't know Jesus, people who have never experienced his presence, so that those people who have been called by God can experience God. At Harvest, we say it this way, we want everyone to know God. We want everyone to find freedom. We want everybody to know that you have a calling on your life, that you have giftings and callings, and that you can use those to make a difference. We want everyone who steps through the door to know and experience the presence of God. I can't think of a better way for somebody to experience God. Now, I love speaking to people, my neighbor this morning, I love speaking to people about Jesus. And I think that's great, but I find that people are much easier to understand God's love and salvation when they come to the house of God because you brought them to church with you on Sunday, and all of a sudden the band begins to play. We're getting ready. There's some priests in the house that are saying, we're getting ready to offer up the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips giving thanks. The ladder's in place called Jesus and what he did on Easter. The ladder's in place. Heaven's atmosphere is there. The heavens are open. We begin to offer up just like David told us to do, just like God said he's restoring today, right now, that worshiping churches, churches that understand this, are having an experience with God. And somebody who's there, and many of you in this room have experienced that, where you've said, I don't know what's here. I don't know what's happening, but it makes me cry. <laughs> Justin Bieber recently did a concert in L.A., in a Coliseum with 20,000 people, social distancing, a little different in L.A. Judah Smith, his pastor, who uh, Judah, um, who is younger than me, uh, I'm in my 50s, Judah's just 40, uh, and Judah is in the same movement that our church is a part of, um, and, uh, and so I've seen Judah uh, before he was a superstar and watched him just become the incredible leader that he is, and, and Judah... Um, they were, they were leading worship in this Coliseum, and Justin Bieber stops, and with tears 
overwhelming up in his eyes, saying to a, a group of people, many of which probably don't know Jesus, and he began to say, if you're feeling something right now that you've never felt before, I want to tell you, that is the presence of God. And they moved from there to Justin telling his testimony of how it's been a long and hard, and he, he, he told his story. I'm not perfect. I've made so many mistakes, but Jesus is the reason I'm breathing air today. And, and then um, his pastor, Judah, came up and gave a call to salvation, and many, 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 many people responded because they experienced the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there were some priests there offering up the sacrifices, saying, I'm going to worship God. Somebody needs to experience him other than just me today. How are we doing? All right. I'm going to tell you how David did it. Here we go. And then we're going we're gonna to let the band cut loose, and we're going we're gonna to practicum these things. Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6 talks about praise, and it's going to use the word praise over and over again. We get ripped off in our English language because there are some six or eight or ten words in Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament, that David used as he was teaching this kind of worship that builds the tabernacle of David. It establishes Davidic praise and worship. It's the house God's building today. And as David did that, he used so many words that in our English language just get chalked into being translated praise. And we don't really then understand what praise is. I'm going to read this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine, but not at harvest. And dancing. Praise him with the strings and flutes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to God. Praise the Lord. And I love that psalm because that word praise, each, every time that word praise is used, he uses the Hebrew word, and I'll just give you these words. I won't pronounce them right, but uh, just for context, for reference today as we're learning this, hallel. Hallel, hallel the Lord. It means to rave, to boast, to celebrate, and to be clamorously foolish. My son, um, Seth, who can't run out here and stop me from telling this story, and I didn't ask permission, he's in the production room helping us out. Give a hand. Shout out to all the production room today. You can't see them, but they're making the online experience happen today, and the projection here happened today. And uh, he's a Boston's fan, and he loves, he, he's a great Boston fan. If you get around Seth, he's fairly quiet, mild, meek-mannered, like Clark Kent. Um, and uh, he, he just, he can't express very openly. He's a great conversationalist, but he's fairly even. He doesn't have, he doesn't have personality uh, where he gets real low and real high. He just kind of lives kind of real even. And uh, his team is Boston Bruins. And uh, when, when Boston's playing, uh, he hallels. He hallels. And he has a TV set up downstairs in the basement, and Christina and I uh, don't watch hockey, and so uh, we were upstairs and we're watching whatever we're watching. And if it's a tight game, we know, we know, we know, because all of a sudden we hear, and then as he runs up the stairs, he high fives the air so we can see, because he wants the world to know he's a fan. He does a little dosey do, and he, and uh, he goes, Boston just scored, and he runs back downstairs. He hallelled. 
He halaled Boston. And we want to halal the Lord and the praise that pleases God, the kind that God likes. You go, yeah, you know, that's not just me. That's not my personality. I know, it does, it's not supposed to please you. Worship isn't to please you or to please us. Worship is to please God. And God says, I like Hallel. I just like Hallel, that when you actually kind of take the mask of, of the pseudo Clark Kent off you and understand that the Holy Spirit's made you to be Superman, come on, just get in the phone booth and Hallel a little bit, and you'll find out there's a freedom that just begins to break open in your heart and life. Number two, uh, first the scripture, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Well, Hallel sounds like with all my heart, doesn't it? But this is a different word. This is the word uh, yada, yada. And yada means to uh, acknowledge in public the fruit of our lips, openly professing his name, openly professing. Well, I don't want to get too wild in church. You know, I just don't want, you know, I just, you know, it's okay for somebody else. I want to challenge you. You know, wild is relative, but push the limits of your personal personality. Just push the limits. Don't become a different person. Don't become what you're not. But if you can hell for Boston, you can hell for Jesus. And think about the other areas, and it's done openly. I, I, I do it at home where nobody can see me, and it's glorious, and it's wonderful, and keep doing that. But openly, yada means to openly um, uh, profess. The number three, uh, Pastor Tim Hawkins is coming to tell us about Toda Praise. I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Anybody here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? Some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. I want to, Tim. I need to get some momentum. <laughs> totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you've got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand Let's just play this again, because Tim isn't funny unless you can see him. <laughs> I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know, anybody here go to a Just talk amongst yourselves while we experience this technical difficulty. I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising If it's not going to happen, just somebody wave and we'll listen to Tim carefully. I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know, anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Am I here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> Some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. I want to, Tim. I need to get some momentum. Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, 
feel free to join us, but don't feel like you gotta join right in, okay? Start slow. We got a lot of different hand raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand raises. So I'm gonna walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're my church, music is rocking. Start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle, get warmed up, get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready, carry the TV. Carry the TV, that's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to go post. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go. There's your big three. <laughs> I don't care which one you do, but I'm inviting you. Toda praise is to lift the hands in adoration. It's a way of saying, God, I love you. God, it's just, you're just, as he said, pressing it out. And it's the, excuse me, it's the universal sign of adoration. Uh, excuse me, this universal sign of surrender. You're saying, Lord, I surrender my will. I surrender my life. I surrender my love to you today. Toda, praise. Whosoever offers praise glorifies me. Psalm 50, verse 23. Whoever offers praise, well, what kind of praise glorifies God? Uh, toda, praise. Uh, the next, our next slide is uh, Zemar. And again, I'm not pronouncing these right. I'm just phonetically saying them because I don't speak Hebrew. Zemar means to make music to God with the strings. God created musicians. Not everybody is a musician. Not everybody should sing. Not everybody should play a stringed instrument. Not everybody. And God gifts, um, and often with our children, we give them lessons, and we kind of get a feeling, and we know, is that gift there? And then, of course, we blow on that and encourage that, uh, like uh, Karen's, whose parents made her take piano lessons a long time ago. And we're all thankful that Mary and John did that, aren't we? Uh, that she, you know, learned uh, what was in her, the stringed uh, music. And so the, what you see on the platform isn't worship. That facilitates it. That helps us to, to praise God because Zamar is happening and we want it to happen uh, in a way that glorifies God. The first musician in the Bible, the father of all musicians in Genesis. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> His name is Jubal and uh, jubilation. But the name Jubal literally means the one who is responsible to open the flow of water, the, the flow of water. And so the musicians, those that are gifted to play, 
open up for us that flow of the Holy Spirit. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. It is good to praise. It is good to zemar the Lord. Say it's good. People have come and said, Pastor, it's, it's kind of like a, a rock concert in there. Yes, it is, because we zemar the Lord. The next one is uh, the Shabbat praise. Uh, and uh, number five, to shout loudly. Um, you know, as Hillel and as, as people are lifting our hands, we're releasing that flow of God's power. We release the Shabbat praise. Sometimes you'll hear somebody, you're going, well, you're excited. Is it, is it just for that? No. When the children of Israel, God says, I want you to be real quiet and go around the walls of Jericho, an impenetrable city that no nation had ever overcome. No nation could ever defeat Jericho because of its fortified walls around the city. And they said, how are we going to attack Jericho? God says, I'm going to show you how to do it. And so they, they marched around, and God said, after marching around uh, each day for seven days, I want you to march around seven times on the seventh day, and then I want you to release a shout, a shout of victory, a shout of confidence, a shout that says, my God is able, a shout that says in praise and worship, I might be facing the worst week I've ever had. But today I know in the house of God that God's on the top and I'm here and the angels are ascending and descending and Jesus is in my heart and the Holy Spirit's anointed my life and the house of God's intact and the house of God is never going anywhere. It is the gateway to heaven. Today I'm going to shout to the Lord and walls begin to come down because we shabak the Lord. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. Psalm 63 verse 3. Your unfailing love is better than itself. How I will praise you. That word is tahila, not tequila, tahila. I know that's an old joke. Tehillah means to sing spontaneously to the Lord. It's when we get to those quiet places in our worship time and Karen just says, I just encourage you to sing now a song of your own, out of your own heart to Jesus. You go, I can't sing. That's why there's volume in the room so no one has to hear you. But together we just, Lord, I love you. And you just kind of put a little melody to it. I love you, Jesus, today. And it just kind of fits what we're spontaneously doing in the room. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 says this, be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because Spirit-filled praise and worship is important. Get the oil on your stone so you're a part of the house of God. That is the habitation and the gateway and all the other stuff I said I'm not going to say again. Be filled with the Spirit, singing to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to super, I'm going to read one more scripture and then the, the band, the band is taken over and they're going to lead us and we're going to spend the rest of our time, uh, doing all of what we just said. I want to encourage you. If you've not lifted your hands, try hold the TV today. All right. Just hold the TV. Try that today. If you've never lifted your hands in adoration to the Lord, that was funny. You're supposed to laugh. When we're between songs and the band is transitioning, that can be an awkward moment because they're shifting from one thing to another. You could priests understand this. You can help in the room. That's a great place to just start to hoot and holler and clap your hands and worship God and, 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 and just praise God and just feel. Don't let there be a silent place unless the genre of what's happening in that moment is a silent contemplative moment. Otherwise, 
Fill it. Fill it with praise. Here it is. Last scripture. Then we're going to do this. The whole crowd of disciples. This is the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. The whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they'd witnessed. Blessed is he who comes, the King in God's name. All is well in heaven. Glory in the high places. Some Pharisees, and there'll always be Pharisees, people who just love the law, love that this has got to be just like this. You've got to be proper. It's all about being a Pharisee. No, no, no. Jesus yelled a lot of Pharisees. Some Pharisees from the crowd told him, teacher, get your disciples under control. But he said, if they keep quiet, now watch, he's going to prophesy. He's going to prophesy because he hasn't gone to the cross yet. He hasn't been buried, rose again, and sent the Holy Spirit. Now watch, he's going to prophesy. If they keep quiet, the stones that are coming on the day of Pentecost, the rocks that are the building material for the house of God, that's after David's blueprint, that understand all of these concepts, those guys that are anointed, they, well, what's going to happen is they're going to pick this right up and take it to another whole level, shouting out in praise. Come on, living stones. Let's worship God this morning. sound I love to hear. It's the sound of the Savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray, where we hear praises. He hears faith. There is a sound I love to hear It's the sound of the Savior's robe As He walks into the room Where people pray Where we hear worship He hears faith oh, We sing to our King Sing his praise aloud, sing his praise aloud. Awake my soul and sing, sing his praise aloud, sing his praise aloud. Awake up, you slumbering 
Nothing worth more that will ever come close 
place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Sing it out. I want you. 
Give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord, it's your Life, 
Great is the Lord. Come on, lift your voice up. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we've got some living stones in this place. We've got some anointed rocks. <laughs> we've got the house of God, and you are amazing priests. I hope this morning as each of us just took another step into that place of saying, I'm going to be a faithful priest, and I'm going to understand even more spirit-filled praise and worship in the house of God. I believe just as we're standing here in, in the presence of God, that we should expect miracles to take place. I feel like there's some chronic pain. I just feel like there's people have pain in your bodies right now. Um, I, I Don't limit it to this, but I, I kind of heard the Lord say specifically, somebody's really been uh, dealing with some dental, dental pain, toothache, tooth pain, jaw, you know, that whole area, uh, arthritic pain. Wow, I just, I just heard the Holy Spirit say it so loudly, arthritic pain that maybe you thought, you know, this is as good as it gets. And I just hear God say, I want to heal all of that today. Abdominal, there's some abdominal pain. I don't know the source of it. I just know it's abdominal pain and you're suffering from that. Uh, if you're online and you're hearing something that God is, uh, you know, speaking out today, calling out the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the word of knowledge uh, that you're suffering with, I want you to know you don't have to suffer. Let's just pray right now. Father, we come against pain and all sickness in the name of Jesus right now. Thank you that when you were present, when you walked on the earth, every person who was sick was healed. Every person. There was never an exception to that rule. Jesus, you're in our midst. The ladder is here. The praises of God are here. The presence. We're not like Jacob. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Surely, surely this is. No, we know this is the house of God. And we know this is the gateway to heaven. We know today you are here, Jesus. Healing. I'm also just hearing as the Lord's just ministering to some people right now, just torment, torment in the mind. And, and I know that, you know, through COVID and, and, and we're all definitely dealing with it some level, but I just really sense somebody just feeling so trapped right now, so lost in the blackness of their own emotions and, and despair and their own thoughts and self-hatred and just some things that have been going on and and the Lord's just shining a light into that right now, right now, right now, right now. Oh, Jesus, just minister to people right now. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Just, just before we, we can stay here all day, and that's the whole point of the presence of God. It's a very comfortable, wonderful place to be. But some more people need to come in for second service. <laughs> just before we go today, and probably the most important part of this service is if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus like we're talking about, he's just a concept or an idea to you, but he's never been real, never been personal in your life. I'd like to invite you to invite Jesus into your life. I just will pray a simple prayer with you right now, and it would be my greatest privilege and honor. And what I'd like to do just to know who you are is just ask you to lift your hand up right where you are right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to know Jesus the way you guys are expressing how you know Jesus. Is there anyone in the room today? Just lift up your hand so I can see it. At the back here, thank you. Thank you so much. Anyone else today? Anyone else? Go ahead, yeah. We're always thankful when somebody responds. And I'd like to invite you to pray this simple prayer with us today. We're all going to pray this. 
Because that moment when Jesus reveals himself to be real and true and good and kind, and I just invite you as you raised your hand, would you just pray this simple prayer with us? Dear Jesus, let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. I don't fully understand this, but I want it. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. I start my new life with you right now. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer from your heart or however you prayed it, we believe you're born again. His life and his power is right, resides in you. And we'd love to give you a Bible. Let somebody know in a green shirt. I prayed that prayer today for the first time. I just, they all, they'll make sure you have a, a bag. It just has a gift from us to you. And God bless you. Church, happy Thanksgiving. Go worshiping and praising our King. with you because it is the best decision ever but we would like to know yeah. so please write it in the comments that you made the best decision ever and somebody will do a follow-up with you so that we can just help you in the next step of this incredible journey you will not regret it it is really the best decision ever and life is better together yeah. right so let's just partner up and do this journey with you yeah for sure so on that note, this has been an incredible day, an incredible service. We hope it blessed you. It definitely blessed us. And no matter what you are doing this week, wherever you're going, know that the Holy Spirit is with you. Yeah. We are with you. We are praying for you. And we love you. Have yourself a wonderful week. Goodbye. And we are Welcome so, to yeah, church. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 you literally going with that? I was you just like,